Revelation chapter 2. We're going to just look at two verses in Revelation 2, 4 and 5. But our sermon series that begins today is Fall in Love with God. Fall. Uh, for many of you, this is probably your favorite season. Uh, like Brother Larry mentioned, I love the changing of the seasons. I'm glad it's not the same way all year. I'm glad that there's change. I'm glad that the seasons remind us of the Creator and the one who designed all this in such a way uh, that there's a change. And when, I don't know if you really paid attention to it, but there is a fall smell in the air today. Uh, a crispness and a coolness in the air. And, and with fall here, and you'll soon see the, the changing of the leaves and the fall colors, I thought it'd be a good time to kick off a new sermon series with the whole idea of falling in love with God. And the purpose of this series will be to help us to evaluate where we're at in our walk. We may be just now beginning this journey, this Christian walk. We may be uh, mature and uh, known Jesus for a number of years and maybe been in church for a long time. But I want us to use this time, the changing of the season, to evaluate your spiritual season. Where are you spiritually? I want you to use uh, God's word, and, and I want you to be uh, open to the spirit moving in you to show you where you're at. Uh, and I want to make sure that, that we don't leave our first love. And that's where we find ourselves in Revelation chapter 2, verses 4 and 5. It's the whole idea of, of there used to be this great relationship. Uh, in fact, John writes to the seven churches, and uh, where we're at today is going to be the first church. And he identifies that at one time, this church had it going on. This church really was thriving and moving, and things were happening. All right? But over time, something happened. And maybe that's happened to you spiritually or maybe romantically. Maybe your relationship isn't what it used to be. Maybe your relationship, your relationships that you have here uh, aren't where they used to be. And so you sense that there's, there's something different. But with your Bibles open there to Revelation chapter 2, verses 4 and 5, we invite you to stand. It's one way that we show reverence to the reading of God's word. This is what it says in God's Word, Revelation 2, beginning at verse 4. But I have this against you. You have abandoned the love you had at first. Remember then how far you have fallen. Repent and do the works you did at first. Otherwise... I will come to you and remove your lampstand from its place unless you repent. You see the progression there that this church, the church at Ephesus, this is the first of the seven churches that John wrote to. And you can see the progression from where they were to where they are now. And the, the call there to them to remember then how far you have fallen, repent, and do the works you did at first. Let us pray. Most gracious Heavenly Father, speak to us here and now. Show us, God, what you would have us to learn, what you would have us to apply. And God, I pray that 
that through this message, through the moving of your Holy Spirit, that there's someone here today that if they were to honestly evaluate their walk, they would say, I'm not where I used to be. I have fallen. I have left my first love. And with that recognition, that's the first step. When we recognize where we're at and where we used to be, that's the first step to returning. That's the first step to kindling that fire that once burned hot. There may be someone here today that's never been close to you. And I pray that today that they would feel that conviction that that's been the one missing piece in their life. They've had everything else going for them. They've had all the... The, the things in life that the world deems successful, but at the end of the night, they've seen that emptiness and they have felt it. Show them that today and reveal to them that that is Jesus Christ that's missing from their life. Have your way. In Jesus' name we pray. All God's people say, Amen. 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 John wrote to the seven churches, and this is the, the first church at Ephesus. They had abandoned their first love is what he, he points out to them. They had left, they had lost that first love. What I want you to see today is I want you to think about maybe your high school or maybe even for some of you before that, your middle school love. And, and do you remember what it was like when you first started noticing that other person? Or do you even remember when that other person first started noticing you? And do you remember what it felt like? Do you remember what it was like when you fell in love? You couldn't spend enough time with that person. You couldn't stop thinking about that other person. Uh, and listen, I, I recognize for some of you, it may not be a person. <laughs> that just may not be you. It may be a hobby for you. It may be a, a, a sport, or it may be fishing, or hunting, or it may be something that interests you. But, but when you first found that interest, whether it was a person or a thing, you couldn't get enough of it. You had to be around it. You had to, you had to study it. You had to research it. You just had to know. You actually enjoyed spending time with that person or doing that hobby, that thing, whatever it is. Do you remember that? Because here's what I want to point out to you today. Whatever that was or is, you couldn't get enough of it, and a new love is like that. A new love is passionate, fun. It doesn't take a lot of work. When it's new, when you first fall in love with that person or you first find that interest in that hobby, it doesn't take a lot of effort. I mean, it just comes natural. Over time, though, it has to be cultivated, doesn't it? Over time, it, it has to be worked at. It has to be, well, you, you go through journeys. You go through seasons, right? Just like we're having a season right now, the season of fall. Spiritually, I'm, as a pastor, I'm fearful that many of you aren't where you used to be with the Lord. Spiritually, I think some of you have forgotten what it was like when you first discovered Jesus. I think some of you have forgotten the innocence of a childlike faith. Of just believing. Not having to have all the answers. Not having to know why everything is like it is. You just had that innocent, childlike faith. I believe. And you were excited about Jesus. You were excited about church. You were excited about the things of the Lord. And by the way, let me say this. It's not for anybody here today. But, but listen. 
if your child comes to church and they were bad at school this, this past week, the worst thing you could do as a parent is punish them by not having them in church. Amen. To use church as a punishment. There's parents that do that, y'all. I don't know if some of you, but there are parents that will withhold and will not allow their child to go to church if they had a bad week at school or if they had a bad week at home. Well, bless God, you're about to have more bad weeks and more bad weeks at school and at home because they're not coming to church. You're going to put, you're just going to repeat. You're going to go through this vicious cycle, so don't do that. But you remember when a, when a child has that innocent faith, that trusting faith, where they just believe? You know, you don't even have to convince a child to do the, the, the trust fall, Jerry. You don't even have to convince a child to, to do the trust fall. I mean, children will just do it. Maybe you didn't come to faith in Christ as a child, but maybe when you first heard about the Lord or the things of the Lord, or you first started coming, there was some type of excitement in you. Because it was new, right? But maybe today, where you are right now, on the 17th of October, 2021, you say, Brother Chad, I, I'm not, I don't have that right now. I don't have that, that excitement. I don't have that passion. Well, the purpose of this series is to help you with it. Whether you've had it and you need to get it back, or whether you've never tapped into it, you're going to find through this series and through God, through the moving of the Holy Spirit and the reading of His Word, you are going to find that thrill. B.B. King once said, the thrill is gone. It doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to be. It can be cultivated. It can be nurtured. It's, yes, listen, there are seasons. There's ups, there's downs, there's valleys, there's mountains. I know that. I've experienced it. But I want to show you through God's Word and through this series that you can have that freshness, that newness, that desire to learn more about Jesus, that desire to serve Him more, to grow closer to Him each day. A new love is passionate, it's exhilarating and fun. But like the old song once said, you seem to change, you act strange, a while never more. <laughs> what happens over time is we get used to that other person or we get used to that hobby or we get used to the church. We take it for granted. We just go through the motions, don't we? You're guilty, I'm guilty. It becomes routine and monotonous. But it doesn't have to be. And so today, if you don't get that excitement and that passion about the Lord, we're going to find out why not. We're going to find out why you don't. Why you're not where you used to be. We're going to identify that. And then I'm going to tell you the good news. The good news is you can get it back. You can get it back. I want us to fall back in love with God and the things of God. I want us to have that freshness, that newness, that thrill. And it is possible to break out of that routine and sense the closeness that you once had. To be there. When you're excited about something, you, you learn it. You want to experience it. You want to always uh, find out, well, okay, well, what more can I learn? That's what I love about new Christians, baby Christians. Baby Christians... They get involved in every Bible study they can. They get involved in every single opportunity that they can. Why? Because they're hungry. 
they have a desire, an insatiable desire to learn more, to grow, to find out all about this Jesus and all that he has to offer. Let me tell you something. I've been in the ministry 21 years. I have a seminary degree. I have preached in churches. I have traveled the world on mission trips, and I still don't know all there is to know about the Lord. And you ought to have that desire to learn more, to take your relationship. Some of you are saying, Brother Chip, I'm, I'm good. I'm in a good place with God. I know about God. Okay, good for you. But what if I told you there's a better step? What if I told you that you could learn even more? What if I told you that there's a closeness that you've yet to experience? I want you to have that hunger. I want you to have that thirst. You know, think about a fire in a fireplace. It's a beautiful thing. It's almost that time of year. Some of you put it on the TV just to get in the spirit. Bless God. But in just a few weeks, in fact, in the morning time, I mean, in the 40s, I'm tempted, but then I'd regret it in the afternoon when it's 80. <laughs> but in just a few weeks, maybe, the fire in the fireplace, this is a beautiful thing, the smell of it, some of you got that natural gas excuse, but the smell of it, the feel of it, the ambiance, they call it, I love it, okay, but watch this, what happens to the fire in the fireplace that's not tended to? It goes out. If it just sits there as beautiful as it once was, as hot as it once was, you can hear the crackling. You can hear the flame. You can see it. You can smell it. As beautiful as it once was, listen to me. If it's not kindled, if it's not touched, if it's not tended to, it goes out. It's the same with your relationship. It's the same with our relationship with God. If it's not kindled, if it's not tended to, as beautiful as it once was when you were 20, as beautiful as it once was when you were a child, as close as you once were, if it's not tended to, it goes out. Why does it surprise us when we're not as close to the Lord as we used to be, when we don't pray like we used to? We'll demonstrate something to you. When we were children, I didn't even grow up in a Christian home, but my grandmother, any time that she would talk to me about prayer, she'd say, now, baby, when we pray, and notice she used we, plural, when we pray, you, singular, you get on your knees and pray. And I said, well, Granny B, what about you? Oh, honey, my knees are too old and too arthritic, and the Lord knows. And she taught me this. It's the posture of your heart that's most important. But I'm going to tell you something. There was something about being a child and getting on my knees and praying. So let me just ask you. When was the last time that you got in that posture during your prayer time? Did you know that that one little thing, listen to what I'm about to tell you, it'll change your spiritual life. That one little thing. I know it's hard. I know the knees sound like Rice Krispies. <laughs> but that one little posture, it is, a, it is symbolic, but that one little posture will help your prayer time. Put some pillows down there. Take your time getting up. I don't want you to have to call 911. <laughs> that one little step that a child takes the reverence. By the way, the word worship in the Greek is proskuneo. 
proskuneo. Do you know what it means? Literally in the Greek, watch this. The word worship. Proskuneo in the Greek literally means to kneel down. We call the part of the service that has music the worship service. But the word in the Greek literally means to be in a posture. The posture of your heart, yes, is most important. Because you do, you can go through the motions. You can get on your knees. You can raise your hands. But if your heart's not right with God, forget it. So this is what I'm going to tell you. That one little step, I know it may be difficult. I know it may be hard. But watch this. What if you just tried it? Maybe not every time you pray. But what if you just tried it? And you went through that step to show God. I, I sent something in different spiritually. I'm not where I used to be. I'm not as close to you. So God, as silly as this sounds, today I'm going to assume the posture. I'm going to pray on my knees. God, I, I don't know that it will make a difference, but I'm going to try it. Oh, Brother Chad, I wish you wouldn't say that. Oh, And then a few minutes later, sense it and you can tell and you can feel it. The posture. Someone once said to me, because I, I think sometimes we can forget, you know, we can take things for granted whether we're talking about an earthly relationship or whether we're talking about a spiritual relationship. We kind of forget that how important it is to pray, how important it is to pray in a, a certain posture, how important it is to read the Bible daily, how important it is to come to church. I had a guy tell me one time, he said, Pastor Jeff, he said, I missed a couple of Sundays, and I was out of the church for years. It all started with a couple of Sundays. Just a couple of Sundays, though. And then all of a sudden, he had it because why? Habit. Habit. Oh, absolutely. And, that, and what happens when you get out of that habit, when you get out of that routine, that fire burns out, it gets fizzled. And then there's no desire. There's no desire. And when there's no desire, then there's no determination. And when there's no determination, there's no presence of the divine. Think about that. I can't repeat it, so I hope you can. <laughs> Muscles that are not used atrophy. Muscles that are not used atrophy. Open your Bibles to Psalm 42. Psalm 42 and verse 1. Psalm 42 and verse 1. Think about what this psalmist is talking about when he describes a deer. A deer has instinct. A deer has the, the design in itself to survive, to watch out for predators, to watch out for hunters, <laughs> to watch out for those, those that wish harm upon that deer. But think about its sense of survival in Psalm 42 and verse 1. As the deer pants or longs in your translation for streams of water, so I long for you, God. As a deer pants or longs for streams of water, the psalmist makes that comparison to our desire to be with God. Now the deer does it out of survival. Is that how thirsty you are for God? Is that how much you desire God, that you have this intense, burning desire that that deer does, that if I don't get to that stream, I will die. That's all that deer knows. And the psalmist said, just as that deer longs for that taste of water, I want to have that desire for you, God. Is that, is that, is that where you're at spiritually? Probably not. And that's okay, because that's the first step to change. Recognizing where you are. 
deer knows I must have it. I need water. I have to get it. I have to get to it. I'm challenging you over the next several weeks to not miss a Sunday. And watch what happens. Now, I know I just mentioned a deer, and some of you are thinking, poor Sissy. <laughs> but what if, just what if, you didn't miss a Sunday? There's other I don't know if you're aware of this, but there's other days to hunt and fish and golf than Sundays. And don't tell me, well, you know, you work those days. Take a day off. Hello, mental health day. Tell your boss. Tell your boss your pastor recommended it. Mental health day. But your pastor doesn't want you to miss a Sunday. I'd rather you miss a day of work than a Sunday. Because I'm going to tell you something. Your dedication and your determination is a direct correlation with what's happening in your life. What you prioritize, what you prop up, what is important to you, you schedule. I can look at your calendar. The old, the old school way used to say, I can look at your calendar and your checkbook and tell you what you care about. Your calendar and your checkbook, where you spend time. So I'm going to challenge you over the next several weeks. Try that posture of prayer, praying on your knees. I'm going to challenge you over the next several weeks. Do not miss a Sunday. Watch what happens. Look at your bulletin real quick. Take out your bulletin. On that back section, it says this weird thing. I, I know it's strange. It's bizarre. But it says sermon notes. That ain't, hey, what are we cooking for lunch? <laughs> That's not supposed to be, you know, little, little googly-goo and goo-goo-goos and little sketches of stuff. That's supposed to be sermon notes. How did God speak to you today? Amen. What did God say? Write notes. I'm challenging you to get up in the posture of prayer by kneeling. I'm challenging you to not miss a Sunday. And I'm challenging you to start taking sermon notes. Watch what happens when God sees you making an effort. Watch what happens when you start doing things. Take sermon notes. Here's another thing. You ready? I watched some of you today. I was back there in the back. I watched some of you. Now, look. You all can sing during worship. You ain't never heard me sing. No, but listen to me. You can sing. Some of you can sing solos. I recognize that. And some of you sing solo, nobody can hear you. I recognize that too. Well, watch this. You can just mouth the words. There's something about trying to get into a place of worship when the choir's up here singing, Marlene's up here singing, Sharon's up here playing. There is something about you out here at least mouthing the words. They're up on the screen for your convenience. You no longer have to do You no longer have to do that. You, the words are on the screen. But you say, but I don't know that song. Oh, well, maybe that's the problem. You can sing every Prince song. You can sing Salt and Pepper. But you can't sing. When it's, and it's up on the screen. Just maybe let them get through the first couple of verses so you ain't way out there. You know? let, me, let me see what this is like. Let me see that tempo. Yeah. But try it. Just watch. Watch what happens. Just take this step. A posture prayer and healing. Don't miss a Sunday. Start taking sermon notes. Start singing the songs, even if it's a whisper, even if it's real quiet. Read your Bible this week. Read. Oh, that's revolutionary. Read your Bible this week. I don't care if it's on your phone or if it's an actual leather blessed by the Baptist Convention Bible. I don't care what kind it is or where it's at. 
please read your Bible this week. Where do I start? Hey, how about the Psalms or the Proverbs? They're in the middle of the Bible. they got some great stuff in there. Okay. Or try a gospel. Or try the Gospel of John. There's so many different places. Just try it. I'm going to do my part, and I want you to do yours. Amen? Amen. And this is what I know. Even if I don't do my part fully, and even if you don't do your part fully, God will not let us down. I want to talk to you about a couple that have been married 70 years. Dick and Shirley Neat of Ohio. That was the picture that you saw. That's their wedding day. <clears throat> they were married for 70 years. And in their 70 years of marriage, they went skydiving together. They did some zip lining together. They traveled the world, and they rarely, if ever, spent a night apart. And in December of 2020, just last December, they celebrated 70 years of marriage. In January of 2021, this year, both Dick and Shirley Mead got coronavirus. They were placed in the hospital. They were in their late 80s. They were placed in the hospital. Same hospital, separate floors. <laughs> That's kind of ignorance that these hospitals piss me off. So the family did what I did, and they said, our mom and dad have been married 70 years. You better put them on the same floor and bless God in the same room. Amen. So the hospital administrators obliged, and they allowed the meets to be in the same hospital room. They even pulled their beds together. They even dropped down the side rails and allowed the meets to hold hands. The family knew that their mom and dad loved music. And so they set up a playlist, a Spotify playlist. And when, as the songs were playing, when Billie Holiday's song, I'll Be Seeing You, played, Shirley Neat, with her husband of 70 years holding her hand, drew her last breath. Within minutes of her passing, when Johnny Cash's song, Swing Low, Sweet Cherry, was playing, her husband, minutes after she passed, her husband passed. And the nurse that was there said it was the most beautiful picture of love that she had ever in her entire medical life. A couple, 70 years together, holding hands, dying. With his name. Love is a beautiful thing. My question today as we close is where are you? Is your love? In your relationship? In your walk with God? Are you as close to Him as you used to be? Are you drifting apart? Have you forgotten your first love? What season of love are you in? The fall is a time of, of beautiful colors and the falling of the leaves. Maybe that describes where you're at. Maybe your, your walk with the Lord would be described maybe as winter is coming. <laughs> maybe it's dark. Maybe it's cold. Maybe your spiritual walk could be described as spring. 
new growth, the newness. You're still learning. You're still growing. Maybe yours is about the summer. You would describe your relationship as the summer. It's hot. It's fun. Well, let me just tell you this. There's seasons. There's seasons of this walk. I want you to identify what season you're in. That's step one. Recognize where you're at. Step two, repent. And step three, return. Let us pray. Most gracious Heavenly Father, today, Lord, during this invitation, I ask that your spirit would move.